Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative and resident business coach here. A few weeks back, I did a shout out on Instagram and asked you guys to write in the topics that you would like covered on the podcast. I love seeing your feedback and you sharing it and what you got out of the episodes and this whole podcast is for you, our audience and small businesses, entrepreneurs and freelancers who are looking to start their own business. So I thought let's hone in on some topics that are really relevant for you and what you're looking for advice on. So for each episode that I um, cover from an Instagram suggestion, I'm going to dedicate the podcast to that small business and give them a bit of a, a plug and try my best to cover off on the topic as best as I can based on what I would do in a business coaching session. So today's episode is dedicated to Camille, who is a follower of ours who lives in Europe, and her Instagram handle is the face uh, faces of frontier and she's a digital strategist and the topic that she's asked me to cover is marketing and what to do when you've got lots of different offerings how do you focus on what to market and do you just focus on one topic or one of your services or if you've got a variety how do you you know portray what you do and and cover it all off So you've got lots of different mixed offerings. I also thought I might throw in here some advice about if you have lots of different ideas, do you put them all under the one business or do you run lots of different businesses? And yeah, what do you do if you've got lots of different ideas? So just to start off with Camille's business, she does PR, product development, event organization, event styling, graphic design, web development, and social media. And obviously a variety, so she's wanting to know how to market that. Um, But also just for those who might have a few different businesses, um, I'm going to cover how to determine whether they all fit under the one umbrella, how to talk about that and market it to your audience, um, or whether they deserve to be split up. So first and foremost, I want you to ask the question of yourself, who is your offering for? And I'm going to reference Seth Godin a little bit here because if you haven't come across him, he's got some really fabulous advice and research and I highly recommend checking him out. But he, I came across him pretty early on in my business and what I love about it is he doesn't come in with this big swinging, you know, you've got to scale and grow and be big and fabulous and capture the marketplace. He actually gives really smart advice about starting small and serving a niche. And once you find that niche that needs what you have to offer, then your job is to grow and scale and offer more of that to more of those niches. And, you know, he does a lot of um, great advice. And the other really good one that you want to check out is Malcolm Gladwell. So if you can find that small kind of niche, then there's some good things that you can do in how you market and how you deliver your offering. That will mean that it, it should naturally grow. And once you kind of get those first few loyal followers who fall in love with what you do and how you do it, then they will help you to find more of the like-minded people who need what you have to offer. 
So first and foremost, and I wrote about this in my book time and time again, is that your business is not about you. It is about your audience and it is about the person who needs the solution or the value that you have to offer. So whilst you might say, I've got all of these fabulous things that I want to do for people, you need to firstly find out who are they and what do they need and want from you rather than this is what I want to be offering. So get really clear firstly on who is it for, who do you want to serve. And Seth talks about finding that niche, right? And I think as the world is getting busier and there's more options and it is saturated marketplace and, you know, there's so many different varieties of businesses and services and products and ways in which we consume and hire people and, you know, professional services, it is getting more and more important to get super clear on the exact target market that you want to sell to. And why is this important? Is because the target market will determine everything that you do in your business. So based on the age, the gender, the income, the socioeconomic, where they're living, what they value, um, how they perceive the world, maybe their family makeup, how much time they have, all of those important factors are going to help you to determine your pricing, your tone of voice, the imagery you use, maybe if you weave humor into it, what time of day you might post on social media, um, <clears throat> how you communicate to your audience, where you're going to market, all of that comes back to who is your target market, what are their needs, what is their budget, what do they value, who do they respect, what are they looking for in the, the solution that they're trying to find to a problem that they're experiencing in their life. So you want to start there. Start with who is it exactly for. And so for Camille's example, I would say that firstly you want to ask yourself, what do I like to do as a, as a business owner? Because it's all well and good to be like, I'm really good at all these things or I know people who are or I can do all of these things. But if you maybe like graphic design and that's your strong suit and you're really good at that, then I would suggest starting with being a fabulous graphic designer and then picking a niche. So it might be for sustainable businesses or ethical businesses or it might be for startups or it might be for big corporations or um, sports industry, whatever it is. Find your strength and then find the niche who needs what you have to offer. So then if you're finding that you have a few different skill sets that are kind of your forte and what you're good at, like event styling, brand development and graphic design, I would then ask the question, is it easy for me to communicate this to my target market in a succinct, clear way? So for Camille's example, I would say that yes, it would be because it is a variety of things that maybe one business would need. Um, but maybe her niche needs to get clearer on, okay, I'm going to be a, you know, all of these things for businesses that host networking events or, you know, events based businesses, because then they would be looking for branding for the event, then the event styling, 
maybe a website for sign-up forms, social media to get people to the event, whatever that might be, right? So you want to um, make sure that if you've got lots of different skill sets or lots of different offerings that you feel really passionate about, then is it clear and easy to communicate that? So for example, I had a coaching client who were a husband and wife and they ran two businesses. One was an Airbnb and one was a plumbing business. And so for them, it was really clear that they needed to sit separately, right? So they were, you know, how you market and talk about a Airbnb is really different to how you market and talk about and a sustainable plumbing company. So they, if you tried to communicate those on the same platform, it would be confusing and unclear and it would be really hard to talk about the plumbing needs over the go on vacation needs, right? So different needs, different target market, different offerings, obviously they sit separately. If you're doing a lot of the same thing like design and graphics and web, then yes, it makes sense to put it all in the one place. I would suggest having an overarching statement. So what is it that you do? Are we a brand development or marketing agency for events-based businesses, for sustainable businesses, for small startups, for large corporations? So that's where you can weave in your niche. A really good question to ask yourself is, am I doing all of these things and have this big long menu because I want to be everything to everyone? Or does my target market need all of these things? Because I think sometimes, especially as a small business and when we're starting out, we're like, I can do all the things. Everyone will come here and get everything. And I would suggest honing in on what is your strength, what are you good at, what are you going to deliver on a high quality that you can be known for? Because if you try to be everything and do everything and you drop the ball on one aspect of that, it has the potential to damage the rest of your business or or, or your strengths, right? So if you're really good at um, graphic design and then you um, drop the ball on the website development, then that's going to affect the you know outcome or the the potential praise and and word of mouth that you might get from your graphic design so just as a little personal check-in it's worth asking yourself am I over committing here because I don't want to miss out on money or I'm trying to you know be everything or could I pull back on some of the things that maybe don't light me up or that maybe that aren't being purchased as often. So you might look at your last few clients and say, okay, what what was everyone buying? What was the most common theme here? Okay, everyone always needs graphic design. So, you know, and I've got these other things on the menu, but no one ever really uses them. So maybe I'll just take them off for now. And if somebody asks about them, then I could, I could make it work. But while there's no demand, let's just hone in and get lots of great graphic design skills or clients and um, become known for that. Another aspect of this that I just thought about that came, I came across with a client um, a few weeks ago, which was that she was really good at photography 
but she knew that her clients also needed graphic design or um, product development and um, whatever else, styling, you know, all of these other things that were wraparound supports for the her photography. So for her, she wanted to be able to, you know, work alongside other creatives that meant that they could all execute the same vision and make it easy and more attractive for her target market to just get everything done with the same look and feel um, with her, starting out with her as the, for the core supplier. So obviously um, starting out from that and having a studio space, we've decided that instead of just doing um, trying to hire all of those other people and create an agency up front, even though that's a long-term goal, a good way to test that out and to see whether the client needs it, whether you like working alongside other creatives and you know how smoothly that process is, to subcontract the other creatives around her. So if a client was to come in and say, I really like your photography and I really want to get some shots done, then she could say, great, well, I think we might need a stylist for this or, you know, it would be cool to mix this photography with some graphics so that that could go on your socials or whatever the brief is, right? Then she can have a bank of um, contractors that she has on her file and that she can pull in and work into the quote so the client only ever has to deal with her if they have other needs then she can make a phone call and say you know I know some people who will be able to execute to what we're out to achieve and I'll coordinate those so for that example I would suggest that you want to um, be the one-stop shop so that you can say, yep, I've got you and we can do all of this. And then you manage the process there. So perhaps maybe you've got some suppliers who might do things for $50 an hour for you. Normally they're $70. So you might charge them out to your client for $60 and then you can get a little bit of a, a cut there for managing it and bringing in the work. And the perks of that contractor coming to you and and doing it cheaper is that maybe there's less admin for them they didn't have to acquire the lead and you know you kind of just hand them jobs which so that becomes a win-win they get easy work coming in that you're you know generating for them and you get to better serve your customer with maybe a higher quote and you get a little bit of a cut and also the work will be easier to execute because you know that you're working with people that you know how to work with. So it doesn't require the get to know you or the handing over of the brief or things getting mismatched or, you know, sometimes even just personal relationships getting in the way. You have to keep working with new people. The other way that you could approach this, and this is probably more so how I run my business, which is just to have some referral pathways. So I've been asked to set up, you know, an agency kind of model and I've considered it before knowing that I have clients come in to me as a business coach. We get clear on the idea. We know that we need to get branding, website, social media, you know, lawyers, all sorts. Like I I could list out all of the different things that I know that a startup needs. 
If it was in me and I desired to do that, I could probably set up, you know, the similar model to what I just talked about in that I then have little packages that go to all of these preferred providers who can get it all from Startup Creative. To be honest, it's not my, my vibe and I would prefer to just be coaching and recording podcasts and doing things like that. So my business model is that when a coaching client comes to me, Yes, I have preferred providers, but I intro them. And a lot of the time my coaching clients can get, you know, special deals with, you know, social media managers or graphic designers or copywriters because I am giving those um, suppliers work a lot of the time from my clients. Um, So they look after my clients for me but I don't take a cut in it. So, you know, part of what I love to do is just help make people's life easier. So I can intro you straight to an accountant or the graphic designer that I think is going to execute on the vibe and the business that we've come up with for you, or, you know, the, the systems and processes person who can help you to scale or this person as a mentor. But I think, you know, for me, I look at how do I want to be spending my days and I don't want to be project managing. I like to work with people in concepting their ideas and coming up with their plan and then giving them the autonomy to execute on that with as many, you know, cheat sheets and shortcuts as I can by giving them directly to suppliers who I know will look after them. But I allow those suppliers to take full cut and, you know, do their own quoting and processes um, because that's not how I want to spend my days. So another really good question to ask yourself is how do you want to be spending your days? Where does your strong suit lie? And, you know, sell that, sell your service based on your strengths. And so for me, it's ideas, planning, goal setting, concepting, scaling, seeing opportunities and ways to grow a business all the back-end stuff I advise on and I and I can connect you, but I don't need to be a part of that process because it would take more of that time. And in hindsight, in you know, on all honesty, it's it's probably not going to return near enough as what I could be doing, making if I was, you know, running a, a workshop or another coaching client. So if you feel like you're juggling a lot of different balls and maybe you've got all of this, you know, um, big menu items and different things you're trying to be for everything for everyone, now's a good time to just stop and do a check-in. A process that I often do when I get overwhelmed or, you know, I'm, I'm going, why, why isn't business coming in? It's often um, that you've taken on too much or you're unclear about what you're actually doing. So I would sit down and write out a day in the life of you or, you know, your last week or maybe your last few clients and just map out what you've done. So, you know, maybe it has been web development, graphic design, whatever, admin, Look at all of the different tasks that you do throughout your week and then you might like to just go through and circle the ones that light you up. Like I loved being on stage. I loved recording that podcast. I loved doing an Instagram live. I loved building that brand and seeing it come to life. And then you might like to go through and see what tasks did you do throughout the week that you dreaded or hated or maybe even just sitting dormant and aren't really returning. So maybe you're advertising and talking about something a lot and you're just not really getting many bites on it. 
perhaps that's a sign that your energy is not fully in that and that you're kind of doing it and maybe not passionate about it and it's a bit of a cop-out. So I would suggest going, you know, do I really want to be doing that? Am I good at it? Am I a standout here? Is this something my client really needs? And perhaps look at culling or re- restructuring based on where your energy is and what you like to do and how the business is flowing. And if you do decide to cull some things that maybe aren't being purchased or, you know, uh, a bit slow trickling, then you can always add them at the end. Like I would suggest honing in and getting really specific about what you want to be doing, who needs it, and how can you be a go-to expert that they find you and go, wow, this is everything I've been looking for and I would never go anywhere else and I'm going to tell everyone to come to you. Like that's what we're all aiming for in business, right? And if you get really good at that, then your business will naturally start to grow because the clearer you are on exactly what you do, the easier it is for your customer to um, articulate that themselves or understand that themselves and then articulate that to somebody else, right? So if you're too messy or too broad or, you know, sometimes I, I come across business websites and, you know, it's quite flowery, open um, language on their homepage when I want to know exactly what you do in the first sentence or that I read on your website. So give it to me straight. Are you a graphic designer? Are you brand development? Are you the one-stop shop? Are you straight up business advice? Are you a ethical um, fashion label? Are you vegan chocolate? Like whatever it is, give it to me straight and tell me what you do within three seconds of being on your website or on your social media. Um, a thing that I remember learning ages ago when I first started my business was the book, The Buddha's Brain. And for those of you who follow know that I've since kept studying neuroscience. Um, but, you know, pretty much what we can know from the brain as humans is that we're processing billions of pieces of information every single second. And so our brains are wired to cut through that information, find what's relevant to us and pay attention to that. So if we're already culling most of the noise just so that we can function and, and hold a conversation and move through the world without over-processing, without too much information overload, then we're actually wired to cut through bullshit when we're reading um, a website or a social media or even in conversation, right? So if you're too fluffy or too airy or too broad, um, then you're likely going to miss the opportunity to grab my attention and, you know, for me to click in my head that I might need you. Does that make sense? <laughs> so like if you're, you know, not clear enough and direct enough about what you do and I lo- you lose me, then I can't um, join the dots between, ah, oh, you do this. Oh, my God, yeah, I need that. Um, okay, cool. Yep. Let's chat more. Or I know someone who needs that. So get super clear about exactly what it is that you're offering and who you're offering it for, and then get out in front of those people. So another good question to ask yourself is where are they and how can I get in front of them and tell them what I do? Because I know that once they know about me, 
I'm going to deliver incredible value that is going to change their life and they're going to keep coming back. The perks of doing this and focusing on just delivering to a few small people um, who really love what you have to offer and, and honing in on that niche is that it is cheaper for you to keep them as a customer and keep selling to them rather than to keep finding new leads. So if I deliver really great graphic design for a business and then they say, oh, cool, we actually going to need graphics every month or photography every month then it's easier for me to just keep pleasing that customer and, you know, showing up for them than to go out and convince somebody who's never heard of me that what I have to offer is actually of value to them. So if you start small and you get those customers honing in on your niche and your strong suit, then you can keep adding added value and and grow and scale slowly rather than coming out with a bang and being like, we're all of these things and people um, get confused or uh, you drop the ball on some of it, then you have a chance to lose them and if you lose them, it's going to be harder to get them back. Whereas if you can over-deliver, completely smash it out of the park, they're going to come back for more business and it's likely they're going to bring somebody else with them. A little research I did actually when I was studying my book for writing my book um, was how saturated the marketplace is and it's similar to the information overload that we experience as business owners, um, as humans, sorry. And if, if, if it gets too hard because there's so many options out there and if you lose my attention or you, you confuse me, then it's going to be really easy for me to just put it in the too hard basket and find somebody else or just completely, you know, let it go and be like, oh, oh, well, like I don't have time for that. I think that's something I definitely experience as somebody who, you know, needs to, to hire a VA and a graphic designer and a website and if the comms isn't good or they're a bit confusing about what they offer, then I tend to, you know, just be oh, too hard, I'll, I'll figure it out another time I've got coaching to do or podcast to, to record. So the clearer you are on exactly what it is um, and the quicker you can communicate that to your audience then the more likely it is for you to capture their attention. And remembering marketing is very much about attention right now. Like we filter out a lot of advertising that we're seeing because we've had so many, you know, bad experiences, whether it's being clickbaited into a really annoying sales funnel or a pop-up box that gave us spam or, um, you know, buying something online that wasn't what they promised it to be. I think as humans, we're naturally starting to call bullshit and to see, um, you know, be more skeptical about advertising. So marketing needs to be about capturing the attention of your target market by adding value. So whether that's, you know, a freebie for your website or really beautiful social media or a podcast or an Instagram live, capture their attention. And this is where to get those ideas of how you're going to capture their attention, go back to who is it for and really hone in on that target market. 
If you need help with that, I have a marketing ebook and workbook on my website called What the Hell Next. It's on the resources tab. And in that workbook, there is, I think, about seven or eight worksheets on your target market and understanding them. So there's lots of questions that will prompt you to really dive deep into this. I'll put a link in the show notes and on our social media when I post this so that, um, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, um, worksheets to start with that will really help you there. Um, but yeah, coming back to that, all of your content and creation and creating value for them is how you're going to capture their attention. The next thing you need to realize is that if you manage to capture their attention, so whether they're liking or following or signing up or or sending an email inquiry or picking up the phone, all of those are a privilege for you as a business owner because there is billions of people out there who are trying to get their attention, whether it's Netflix or an Instagram notification or a needy child who needs to be fed or a dog that needs to go for a walk or a partner that's looking for connection. (laughs) Like there is people trying to pull our direct, our um, attention in so many different directions. So if you capture somebody's attention, then show up for them, give them a really clear message and appreciate their time that they're giving to you. Because I think as we get older, and busier with business, we have less time. So it becomes the most valuable resource um, in our lives. So to, for you to have captured that attention of theirs, you better show up with something great. I would also suggest that once you get super clear on exactly what you are going to offer and be an ep- expert at, who you're going to offer it to, and how you're going to deliver that, then stick to it. That becomes your brand value, right? It becomes what you stand for, the legacy. It's going to become what people talk about on your behalf. So a really good example of this is Market Lane Coffee in Melbourne. They've got about five or six coffee shops across the city They pride themselves in being um, as sustainable as they can. So they source ethical beans with small um, farmers. They pay ethical prices. Their packaging is ethical. And they really value producing a high-quality coffee bean that they roast in their uh, warehouse in Melbourne. But they really specialize in black filter coffee. They also serve um, milky coffees and as well. But their number one is really great coffee. Their tagline is, we, uh, we love to serve coffee for the city who loves to drink it. So it's all about a high-quality coffee. Their shops are beautiful. You want to sit in there and drink a few coffees. Um, they have a minimal um, menu that might be like a croissant or a baked good or whatever, right? So it's very much focused on the coffee. Their staff are highly trained. They offer filter, like how to make coffee classes and tastings. So that's what they've built. They're like, we're going to make this really high quality coffee and we're going to sell it at a premium price because we ethically pay our whole supply chain. So therefore, in order for this to be a viable business, it needs to be around $6 for a filter coffee. 
They also aren't afraid to make you wait five or six minutes while they brew it there on the spot. And their whole shop is around, you know, showcasing that brewing process. It's very artisan. Um, but as a result, because that's their core value, they've really honed in on that. They're not afraid to say no to all the other things that they're not and maybe what other coffee shops are doing. So one of their things that they do is that they don't serve soy milk with their coffee because they know that, and anyone who's had a soy milk coffee before knows that it often splits and it is hard to heat and work into a coffee. And as a result, they don't want to compromise on the quality of their coffee and, and how it, um, you know, displays or um, reflects their beans and their roasting process and, and their excellence in the way that they deliver this high end quality product. So they're not afraid. They are, you know, and I've spoken to the founder, Fleur, who says that people often come in and get angry or, you know, might look at the price point and walk out. And whilst that might be hard to not be able to be everything for everyone, they're not afraid to hone in on their niche of being this really high quality ethical coffee that they can replicate their standard across all of their shops because they have developed um, their style and, and what they stand for. And as a result, they've attracted a target market which aren't afraid to pay for the beans because they know the difference and they know the sustainability behind it. And they're mostly probably black drinking coffee um, consumers. So a good example of once you hone in what you do, back yourself fully, don't get confusing, don't sway from your values and be that to the best of your potential and ooze that and get known for that and don't fall into the trap of trying to be everything for everyone because you'll be nothing to no one and then you won't have a business hopefully that helps be sure to check out market lane coffee they actually do a really great um coffee club subscription so you can get their beans sent to your house um, but Seth Godin, incredible on this stuff, and Malcolm Gladwell. I personally loved his book, um, The Sticking Point, I think it was. So check out those guys. They'll help you and our marketing ebook and workbook. Big thanks to Camille for writing in and sharing with us her business and the topics that she wanted covered. I've got heaps more in my DMs and I'd love to hear from you. So tell me exactly what you're working through, what you need help for, and you might find that you have a personalized podcast coming right up for you. Thanks, guys. As always, if you can rate and review, that really helps on iTunes and I really appreciate that. So I look forward to hearing what you think. Give me a shout and let me know how it went. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.